Tough road you got this year. Judgment? Death? And Mr. Devil. <laughs> Glad it's your birthday reading and not mine. Now here's your card, fool. See? That's where I got your nickname. Don't remind me. Here you go, 13 today. The golden-haired birthday boy is setting off on life's big adventure. I ain't no golden-haired nobody. All I'm going off to is seventh grade. Well, you the fool and you can't escape that. That ain't bad. No? No, ain't the stupid kind of fool. Only the ignorant kind, because you're just starting out. That's better, I guess. Oh, but look here. Already he's got a problem, see? One step in front, the drop-off. Well, what about the dog? That's fool's companion. See his spirit barking? Fool, don't go marching over that cliff now. Do the smart thing, the high thing. So what fool gonna do if he ain't gonna go off the cliff? Fly? He gonna do what he had to, fool. Turn around walk the other way. Right through the fire of the sun. He get burned up if he do that. Just the boy part get burned up. The rest come out the other side of man. And no one calls him fool again. Welcome back to another episode of Horror 365. I am your host, the mouthpiece of the Northeast, Jimmy J. And today, alongside my lifelong friend, the team member that was a team member before there was a team, Mr. Ray Vader. Vader, how are you today, buddy? Uh, it's up in the air. It's still early, so I'm going to really know. It's going to get better. You know why? Because we're talking about one of our favorite films. We used to go in the hallways where we used to live in the building, and we used to scream one-liners. <laughs> either out of the windows of the building or in the hallway and it echoed and i'm sure everybody in that damn building heard it oh uh, hell yeah out of context too yeah it's like <laughs> what's going on out there i'm gonna kill you <laughs> burn in hell <laughs> yeah and then you know the funny thing was i really believe that's what sent the jehovah witnesses to the door oh man <laughs> all running away from them yeah exactly what the hell don't go to that building Saint worshippers in there. Yeah, some big, much Sorry about that. Making some ribs. <laughs> oh man, you know most people don't know this, but you're a hell of a cook, man. I mean, at 370 pounds, I should be. <laughs> Dude, I, I honestly, I miss your cooking. There's a couple meals I tried. The salmon. Uh, I, I used to, man, when we used to get those damn crab legs too. I mean, you didn't chef them, but we bought them, but. That's yeah. something I missed. I'm thinking about meals, but uh, yeah, man, you chef. What's your go-to recipe? I know we're off subject here, but I gotta ask because you said you're you're cooking ribs. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, Winter's making them right now. But uh, you know, with time, I've evolved, and you know, I'm gonna actually hit that point when we talk about the movie in a little bit because I I haven't seen it since. I mean, it's got to be a good 15 years since I watched it with you, and then I watched it again the other day to brush up for this. And let me tell you, my tastes have changed. Uh, I would say for the better. So my, my go-to still remains the salmon. Uh, it's just 
cooked differently now. Well, I got to get that uh, that Vader menu. <laughs> the People Under the Stairs. And I've been wanting to talk about this movie for a while now, but, you know, I also didn't have anybody that really watched it like I did, because, again, it's one of my top uh, movies, and it's underrated as hell. Wes oh, yeah. Craven uh, put this, this bad boy together. And uh, I said, you know what? There's nobody better to have on the show than Vader, especially uh, you and I. You know, before I even started doing the horror stuff, I want to put it out there for people that don't know. Before I even got involved um, doing Horror 365, I was always a horror fan, but it was always you and I that watched a lot of different horror movies, whether it was The Wishmaster or, you know, oh. the Stairs. Yeah, it's a ton of different yeah. films, the slashers. So um, all that good stuff, man. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, man, I missed some of the old days for certain reasons, but. You know, I'm glad that we kind of we kind of also evolved from where we were. Was this like one of your go-tos though back in the day? To be honest with you, I had not seen it until you introduced me to it. You know, it was actually kept away from me um, on purpose by my mother and my grandmother because I was a, a really young black man, and there are certain themes in that movie that without the proper lens, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, it could be seen differently for, for me and where I was in my life as a kid. Because let me tell you, man, watching that as an adult brought back more than just fond memories of the movie itself. Like, I'm talking like walking down certain blocks that were in that movie, you know what I mean? And, and walking into buildings that were depicted a certain way, you know? So before you introduced me to it, I had not seen it. You talk about viewing it you know with a different lens and that's exactly like when i think about it too um i watched it and i got the comedy from it i I extracted the comedy out of it you know uh just the over the top gimp suit that was in there which i guess we'll talk about and and and, uh some of the lines and and it was just like i guess it was for me it was a feel-good moment at the end when fool you know got one over on on these this corrupt rich family that had it seemed like they had resources they had power they had money but you know he proved you know who these people really were at the end and uh and and really got one for the neighborhood it was just a feel-good ending that i enjoyed and and the fact that comedy thrown in the mix in there and i don't know i enjoyed the movie but then now watching it like you said as you get older the context you know they were talking about in here that's still relevant today and this came out in 91 and you talk about like one of the topics was gentrification. That's what I took away from it. You know, the fact of like, hey, listen, you know, we're tearing down this building. We don't care. You're here. We're going to get you out of here and we're going to put a brand new building over here to get other uh, raise the rent and put wealthier, quote unquote, wealthier uh, yeah. people in there. And, um, you know, I, we're seeing it like I mean, this has been going on for years in New York and in big cities like look at Brooklyn. I mean, we could. <laughs> That's like yeah, Brooklyn's the main the, the main hub for that. And let me tell you, that's scary. You know what I mean? The the scariest part of horror for me in anything is the little kernel, the little seed of truth in it. Of that what if from supernatural horror to body horror. You know what I mean? The only thing that really makes it punch is that seed of truth. And the fact that th- that seed wasn't a seed in, in people under the stairs, it was an entire oak tree of truth. You know what I'm saying? That's exactly what it is. I'm going to price you out of your apartment and I'm going to get you to leave one way or another. Did you see 
what what was it? Uh, since they missed rent once, they had to pay triple the next time, or yeah. it's an eviction. And and in in the world of the movie, this was legal. And let me tell you, it ain't too far from the truth now with the way these people are doing things. Yep, yeah, and you know, I like I know we both know uh, with New York. You know, you see the prices have gone up and it, and it continues to go up and up and up because they're trying to what I feel like and which probably the, the facts is that they're trying to move certain individuals in certain areas. And it's almost like it's like they're segregating people. Purposely. Yeah, they, they're, they're, see, here's the here's the the tricky part. You know, they they are segregating people, but they got people fighting against it in the wrong way because it's not a race war. It's a class war. Class war yeah. That's what was being fought in the movie too, because they they didn't care about white or black. They cared about that money and and eating people. But that's besides <laughs> the point. <laughs> damn buckshots! Yeah, they cared about that money. What he said? I keep them real hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I was holding in the laugh so they could, the screen could just focus on you for that page. <laughs> That's all good. That's what it's all about, man. But uh, you said about the comedy in the beginning, man. See, I was able to find the comedy when you showed it to me. You know what I'm saying? When we watched it together all them years ago, I was able to, to identify the comedy and to feel the comedy within the, oh shit, I actually know what that feels like you know growing up in a home like that but i don't know what it is about west craven man like they 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 say that comedy and drama are the dualities in entertainment but west is like nah fuck that it's comedy and horror and you can definitely hit both through great writing campiness and practical effects and that's what we have in this movie Oh, very well said, man. And we did they have a good balance, I felt like, in this movie. They were trying to, like, you know, we want to make it funny, but we also want to, you know, hit you with this right here, these facts, yeah. and this is what's going on. So it can make you understand, I guess, a little bit better what was happening, probably in the world then, and is still happening now, even more so. Yeah, um, and so, until people actually wake up to what it is, because, you know, everybody's stuck in their own reality. Everybody's stuck in their own uh, perception of reality. So if you see 10 people on a block, seven of them are thinking about uh, what they're going to eat for dinner that night, as opposed to thinking about what's around them for real. So you'll see these people who are okay with the gentrification. You know what I'm saying? It all started, I would say really here in New York uh, around 2007, 2008, um, when there was an influx of college students coming over and they were okay paying $4,000 for a three-bedroom apartment because they treated it like a dorm. They just split the rent between eight of them in that three-bedroom apartment. You know what I'm saying? And landlord said, oh, shit, we can actually get away with this. Okay, boom. <laughs> That's it. And now it went from paying $650 for a studio apartment in Queens, you know what I'm saying, to paying thirteen. Yeah, and that's what exactly that's why rent has gone up like crazy because like people are like, oh, well, you know what? Let's just move to New York. We'll bring our friends and we'll split it, like you just said. And um, and then now the others that the other people that have been lifelong residents of that neighborhood or that building, now their landlord's like, Well, you know, I'm getting this, just like what you said, I'm getting three thousand from Tom, Dick, and Harry in this place. And well, Miss 
you know, Miss Smith, I don't know. I, I think, you know, you have to, we have to increase your rent and we're not going to do it 50 bucks. We're telling yeah. you, well, we're going to raise this shit a couple hundred dollars. And it's like, wait a minute. Now I'm on a fixed income and I got to pay this now. Cause these people are paying that. That's not fair. It's not yep. fair. That, that's how they're driving them out because they want more money. It's greed. It's greed. That's what it comes down to too. And like you said, it, it's a, it's a fight. It's a, it's a class struggle. It's like, it's rich versus poor. And there's no in between. It's either you're working poor or poor or you're rich, you're wealthy. And, and that's how it is in New York, you know, in big cities everywhere, I'm sure. Chicago's yeah. probably the same way, LA, you know. Um, and then this in this movie, actually, yeah, they filmed it. The house was in Los Angeles, I believe. It was out, out in the West Coast. Wes got this idea from True Events, what I read up on in 1978. It was apparently two people try to rob a house and then the cops found that those, the owners of that house had their children locked in the basement. I believe it, man. I, I definitely believe it because we, we see crazy shit like that today. I don't know about the cannibalism that happened in the movie. If that was real, I would like, I would like to know, hey, listen, I doubt it. I think, you know, just to spice it up a little bit, West threw that in there. But it was number one in the box office when it was released. It made over $5.5 million that weekend and stayed at number one. Actually, not number one, but the top ten for a month. Uh, their budget was $6 million. And overall, it grossed $24 million. So that's a pretty low budget for a big like Hollywood film. Now, this was released after Wishmaster, right? No, this was before. This was 91. Wishmaster was 97. Uh, okay, okay. Really? 97? Yeah. yeah, it is 97. Yeah, it's 97. Again, underrated movies. Uh, you know, Wes Craven. Oh, yeah. Everybody thinks Wes. They think Scream and Nightmare on Elm Street, which is, you know. The big ones. Yeah, you know what's crazy, man? My brain is backwards because those are the least that I like. Winter and I were going through uh, his movie catalog because we were gonna we we're gonna do a uh, West Craven marathon, and I said, "Oh shit, I forgot Nightmare on Elm's his man." Because for me, Wishmaster, you know, when I think West West Craven, I think Wishmaster. I think people under the stairs, not screaming. The standalone films. I, even though I know Wishmaster had a couple, but I, I don't really watch. Yeah, we don't. The re, we don't talk about the rest. <laughs> so to me, it's a sta it's a standalone film. So the original Wish Wishmaster '97, and then People Under the Stairs. Those two films from West, for me, also like stand out more yeah. than you know Nightmare because Nightmare they had how many you know sequels, and really out of those sequels, which ones were really worthy to talk about and discuss. There was also a um, a pacing issue that I had with Nightmare. You know what I'm saying? Like it it felt uh, certain parts felt too long and certain parts felt too rushed. You know, I did not see that issue with uh, People Under the Stairs when I watched it again recently, and it's something that I was really paying attention to because, I, like I told you in, a, in another phone call before, um, one of the worst things I ever did as a movie lover, as a cinephile, was go on the other side of the camera. You know what I mean? Become, do stunts, writing, filming, directing, things like that. That was one of the worst things I did because now I can't watch anything without picking it apart. You know, and I, I certainly did that for people on the stairs. And I, I was thinking about the budget. Like, you know, once when I were watching it, and she's like, um, for those of you who don't know, Winter is my wife. But, um, we were watching it, and every time this dude blew a hole in the wall, she was like, ching, ching. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wonder how much that shit is going to fucking cost to fix. 
Like that's that's a lot. Man. I don't know if they just shot the outside of the house for the film, and then the inside they, you know, made a set for it. Yeah, um, and designed it, which I'm sure that that's probably what they done because to that's shoot holes in the yeah, imagine yeah to shoot holes in the wall like that and and all the the gadgets and everything that they destroyed in that house, like the, the staircase when the, when they actually the people from under the stairs came oh, out yeah, when he burst through the top. Yeah. 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 You children are going to be the death of me and fucking foreshadowing. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I get a kick out of in that movie, but you know, all the time it gets me when the mother is fed up with the daughter and she's like, you know, I total spring cleaning and she just throws her on the floor and she, which girl slips. She all right, hold up. She did not throw her on the floor. That poor little girl bust her ass for real. Yeah. She, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Look like that looks like a New York City winter ice slip. Clean it up for God's sake! Yeah. <laughs> ass out, palms, palms down behind you. Yep. And I, I can imagine how hard it was not to laugh at that shit. Yeah, no, you're right. She she didn't throw you. Absolutely right. She that that girl slipped. Uh, but that hot water. No. I, I mean, like, dude, that got me because I'm like, there's steam coming up, so they had to have some sort of machine. Ice, ice, they, uh, dry ice, easy. Yeah, yeah, that's what they had to do. I was, something because honestly, I was like, oh, they threw in that water that you know, like when I first watched, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, but she was she was redder than the stop sign, man. So they sold the hell out of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have the simple thing. Just clean up that awful man's blood. And what do you do? You get it all over your nice clean dress. I worked so hard to make. Now get in that tub and scrub yourself. No! Want to get in, huh? Well, let me help you. Let's take it from the top. So we're introduced to Fool and then his sister. Is it Taro or Tarot? I say Tarot. I know why you say Tarot because you don't season your fucking chicken. Tarot. <laughs> tarot. tarot cards she's playing with or trying to figure out what's in Fool's future. And, Never really uh, understood that, to be honest with you. In the beginning, obviously, I didn't understand it, but I guess it was just like foreshadowing, if you if you will, in a way. Like I, I guess in a way, but like there, there were certain things like when, when she says... Uh, well, what's fool going to do besides walk off the cliff or turn around? What was the metaphor in the movie? You know what I'm saying? I guess maybe that was a metaphor for, was he going to turn around and save Alice or jump out that window and take that one coin he had or the gold coin and yeah. bring it back to the family to show him, Hey, listen, they got a stash here. I got to go back. I got to go back and save Alice. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. That's, that, that's one thing I was thinking about, but you know, we see him in the, in the beginning, his mother's sick with cancer um they're about to get evicted um they can't pay the rent and you know the here comes ving rams and he's like listen it's time it's time to put up or shut up he has he has a plan that's foolproof baby listen up now this is the big one and somebody deserved to be robbed somebody who don't care nothing about families or about the neighborhood he just want to bring the wrecking ball in so he can line his pockets who are you talking about the landlord, that's it. The landlord of this building? Yeah. 
I found a treasure map last night in the back room of the liquor store me and Spencer hit. A letter addressed to the owner along with the name of his company. So? So the name of the company is the same as the name on your eviction notice. Same guy who owns the liquor store owns this building and half the buildings in the ghetto. I know where your landlord lives. No. Leave him alone. I heard things about him. Bad things. You heard about the gold? This is from the company that wants to buy the coins the landlord collected. Gold coins. You want to be stupid, Leroy? You don't need fool for that. We got a plan for him, baby. Foolproof. Or you want your family eating beans out in the street. <laughs> him fool and um his friend to go over there and rob the house now about ving ring's character another reason why i didn't get to see it as a kid um and, and something that is actually scary about his character is that there are one there are way too many of his character in real life you know what I'm saying? I I personally knew a couple of grown ass men that were more than happy to rope me or my little brother or somebody else on the block into some bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Because we were young, we weren't gonna get no jail time, or we weren't gonna do this, we weren't we weren't gonna do that. But there were m many occasions where that character popped up in real life. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right about that too. That's another thing I didn't really think about. Like, um, as far as like you're in a neighborhood, you got those people that you know. You think of think of gangs in general, right? They initiate the younger people because you know, again, they they're easier to mold into what they want. Yep. And they're they're vulnerable. They're young. They want to be part of something. They, they they portray this gang as being some. Oh, this is cool. You know, you're in. You're with us. It's family. And that's how that's how they sell it to, to to the younger generation. It's like, oh, this is a family thing. Uh, but then they get you to do their dirty work. And, uh, you know, in a way, you know, but this I guess in this case, this was for something positive. If you look at it like, you know, listen, he knew what was going on. He knew that these people, they had money. They owned the liquor store that they had hit up him. And I guess Spencer, the other gentleman that was involved. Yeah. Uh, and um they said, look, the landlord not only owns that liquor store, but he owns this building and most of the buildings, again, in, in the neighborhood. And that's why I guess you know, when you talk about, again, wealth and this. So we know this family is filthy rich um, and they don't care. They just want having all this money and knowing the situation that, you know, fool's mom is. Let me ask you one question before we get too far away from it. Yeah. You said that Ving Rhames' character um, knew what was going on and maybe in a way was trying to help in his own way, right? Knowing the way he was with Spencer and how he felt, Spencer was in the house all the 2.4 seconds before Ving Rhames was like, that motherfucker trying to cut us out. So do you know, knowing that this is his character, do you really think if he would have gotten that money and gotten away with it, he would have actually gave it to fool? Hmm. That's a good point. I mean, I think because he was with Fool's sister that he would have he would have gave him probably just enough to cover what they needed and took the rest for himself. 
So he would have he would have did, did that. I, I, you know, I had a feeling that, but he wanted he wanted that stash. He oh, wanted yeah. that stash 100. And again, also to your point, he was trying to probably sell it. And say, listen, this guy has the money. We can get the money. We can get your mother cured. Okay, get this cancer taken out of her, and I'm gonna have my nice little stash on the side over here, and I'm gonna do what I gotta do. And from that point on, you're not gonna know what I got. But yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you on that one. In this case, you know, it's like, okay, what do we do? We have no other option. We don't have the money to pay the rent. This guy's gonna kick us out. He can care less. He kicked everybody else out. He doesn't care. He wants to tear it down or he wants to put, you know, uh, just wealthier, quote unquote, people in that building and try to like really just gentrify the neighborhood and take over. Um, and they already were doing that because they own so many buildings, like he stated, and stores over there. So I don't think they really had a solid plan. I mean, the Boy Scout thing that he sent. Yeah, the Bear Scouts. The yeah. Bear Scouts. Really think about this. This is what I thought about. Okay, he's trying to send Fool into the house to check if there's gold coins. Number one, when you go, if there's like, you know, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts coming to the door, they're not going in the house. Oh, I yeah. got to use the bathroom. Okay. How are you supposed to check the entire house out? They're going to watch you like a hawk, no matter if yeah. you're a kid or not. So, like, you're not even going to have a chance to look around. So, how the hell was that plan foolproof? You know, I didn't get that plan. Now, Spencer's idea, what he had with <laughs> oh, him, man. with the guests, and Sp- <laughs> that that made a little more sense because he could check. The, oh, I got to look at the meter. You know, he, he can check around the house and see where the meter was. <laughs> if you think about it, the plan was foolproof because fool was ineffective in the plan. Ah, there it is. You're right. He got it. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, Spencer's, Spencer had the idea. He had the idea. But here's where the classism comes in because she smelled the turd right on him as soon as he got to the door. All she had to do was look at his little ring and see. You know what I mean? And, and it's such a a, a subtle way that they chose to show that, you know what I'm saying? They didn't show track marks in his arm. They didn't show grills in his teeth. You know what I'm saying? They, they, it was a ring that gave him away to her besides his very pushy demeanor. You know what I mean? So you got a predator meeting a predator, you yeah. know? This predator knows what to look for. And she didn't care that he was a white man. Come on. Yeah, you know, I that was that was dinner. That was that was dinner for them. The dog got involved with that one too. You gotta give that dog a hand. That dog. <laughs> Both of them, because there were two dogs. There were two dogs? No, so there was one. The dog was played by two dogs. Oh, the dog was played by two dogs. I didn't know that. Yeah. Give both of them a hand. And they, and they got one uh literally in the movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so now Spencer's in the house and fool's outside with Leroy. And they're like, oh, what the hell's taking this guy so long, man? You know, something's going on. So they're like, all right, well, we're not going to wait and see if Spencer's getting away with all this cash. Here, here's Leroy going, thinking about it. And which, then they which, get, you know, where the hell is Spencer going to go if they're sitting right outside? Yeah, there you go. That made no damn sense. It's like, <laughs> so why am I going in the house? And then if your plan, you had these two these two plans, right? And then after all, you're like, ah, fuck it, we can take a crowbar to the door. We're coming in. It's like, why didn't you just do that in the first place? And how do you know, like... I don't know if they seen the car leave. But it was, did, was it the car that left that they thought that, you know, they were out, the, uh, mommy and daddy left? Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, they said, oh, shit, they're leaving him in the house by himself. Ah, uh, that's what happened. Okay, yeah. So then they break in and, you know, and then we uh, we find out that they, they had some great technology uh, back in 91 with an electric doorknob, bulletproof glass, soundproof 
They really hooked this house up to be like hell. Like you know what's crazy, man? I think an electrified doorknob would be illegal nowadays. Did you did you hear about the? Uh, I forgot where it was. I want to say it was in London. A cat bur- burglar uh, fell through a skylight trying to break into this woman's apartment, cut himself on a knife that she had on the counter, sued and won. And then there was another uh, another instance, I think somewhere over here in Texas, where a guy broke into the house and he like set off some kind of booby trap, broke his leg, sued and won. But he broke in. They both yeah. did. Yeah. But yeah. how did they win? I, I have no idea. I got to really look into that. I mean, not that I'm going to be robbing people's houses, but, <laughs> you know, I got to know. I, that, that's why I told you I want a moat. As soon as I, as soon as I leave. I'm I want a moat. <laughs> I'm like, putting a moat up around the house. That's it. Oh, my God, man. I mean, yeah, I don't blame you uh, these days. That's probably legal, too. Yeah, but, I mean, Jesus Christ. I, the guy breaks into my house, and I'm, I'm losing money. On this for legally, like he could sue me if he gets hurt in my house that he broke into. Yeah, you gotta look that up, man. Yeah, that's that's wild, man. I don't know about that. That's but I can't believe they won. But I mean, anyway, now they're in the house. Easily, we're in fool in the house. I think at this point the dog's unleashed and they're trying to like put the dog down. And then fool has this idea, like we said, the electric doorknobs. Fool is holding on to the dog's holding on to Leroy, biting Leroy's arm, and then fool's on Leroy, and he grabs the door, and everybody gets electrocuted. <laughs> Which I thought was just comical, and yeah. um, and then I think and then Leroy uh, gives up talking shit like he did it. Yeah, oh yeah, then that's when it's like, goddamn, come on, man. So, <laughs> but I, I that's when I started like, I didn't like at that point I was like, oh this guy, you know, yeah. it was already something about him. I didn't like I, I thought it was like, all right, he had he, he's gonna take lead in the beginning. Like he's gonna take charge. We're gonna get this money. You know, we're gonna prove that these people, whatever he was trying to prove, were just he was just probably trying to rob them and get money, but. Uh, either way, I was behind him in the beginning. And then when that happened, and then when he just pushed Leroy out and says, only room for one, find your own hiding spot, pretty much. Oh, man. Like, that was that was messed up. So, like, you right now, you're letting your, your girlfriend's brother just, like, leaving him to the wolves, to the dog, and mommy and daddy. And then they, there they come. They're, they're home. And I guess they, they knew somebody was in the house. And, yeah, because Prince was out. Yep, there it was. And then they were, they were on the hunt, and ultimately – Leroy goes down. All um, thanks to Roach. Yeah, to Roach, which I thought he was comical for the short time he was in the film. What a shame. Just the way he was laughing. and <laughs> The other noises we were making around the... Speak no evil. Chopped his tongue off. Unbelievable, man. But he was still in there, and he was showing the way to... <laughs> to fool. Damn you for getting free. And damn you for showing away. <laughs> what was going through your mind again watching it now? Like, Leroy goes down. Well, you already know what happened. But, like, say you didn't know. Say you didn't know what, what happened in the movie. Leroy's down. And now you know Fool's still in there. And here's these crazy, crazy people ready to kill him, ready to unleash the dog onto Fool. Like, what What was going through your mind? you remember when you first seen the movie and what yeah. you were thinking? Like, is he going to get out? Is Well, Jay, not getting into too much detail, uh, it actually brought up a memory for me. Um, minus the dog, minus the cannibalism, uh, and minus the woman, I was in a similar situation as well. No. Wait, I got to hear this. What happened? Uh, that'll be a story for another day. Oh, man. It, it, it brought up a memory for me. And... Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was it was pretty heavy. Um, suffice it to say, I'm all right. 
I got out of the situation. But when I saw it, I I was like, I immediately like, I'm the type of person that when I see something in a movie, like when I see something in a, in, a, in horror things like that, particularly horror, I I automatically go to fix it. I automatically put myself into the situation, and I'm like, all right, he got to do X, Y, and Z. He got to hit these beats, and if he doesn't, he's he's screwed. You know, and that's what I did even back then when you when you showed me the movie. You know, I said, wow. All right, so he's got to escape these two. Well, these well these two and a half, these two and the dog. You know, he's got to escape, <laughs> and we don't know what the hell that dude in the wall is. You know, but yeah, <laughs> the dude in the wall. I, you got you got a guy in a wall. You, you got some something going on brewing in the basement. You got a, a crazed dog that eats humans along with the humans eating humans, and they're in the house. And this guy throws the gimp suit on. He's shooting walls. <laughs> he's like. <laughs> <laughs> He's, it's like it, that suit. Let's so you know. I I hope to God they had a, a costume designer, which I'm sure they did for the film, and nobody had to walk into a Ruby's costume or a sex store to purchase that outfit. Because like, what are you gonna say? Like, I wouldn't want to be that person going there to purchase it because they had to look at me like we're this guy. We shoot the movie. The movie. Uh, it's it's not for me. Yeah, I swear to God, it's from oh yeah, a homemade film. I'm sure. It's, <laughs> <laughs> no, so but. Time dark baby <laughs> this guy man yeah, that that what was the context of the suit like that, that this one uh failing i guess i can point out there because we know what the hell the gimp suit is for but the context wasn't really put into the movie you know what i mean that was character information because it, it's only really referenced besides being seen one time when he runs out of the house after fool escapes and he's shooting the gun in the neighborhood, mommy says, you know, bad boy, bad boy, get in the room and put on your suit. And okay. So if he has to put it on when he's bad, why was he running through the house earlier when he did something good? That that's true. And, and I guess for me, what I was thinking and why he threw the suit on is because killing was like pleasurable, you know, like a guilty pleasure, I guess. Like, oh yeah, like, oh, I, I'm going to kill him. And he has the suit on and it's like, it gives him that pleasure that I guess maybe sex does for most people. Mm -hmm. It's killing for him. That's the only thing I could kind of put together with, gotcha. with, with the suit. I don't know if it's right or wrong. I have no idea, but that was like, I found that very odd how they just threw that in there. And <laughs> this guy's going around uh, with, <laughs> with the suit on. It looks like the, the fourth member of demolition, uh, something like that. Just the way, I don't know, uh, a village people. I don't know. And then finally he sees fool where he shoots the bathroom door in and his fool cracks him over the head with a, a cement block. <laughs> no, no, no. It was the, it was the, uh, it was the top of the toilet tank. Oh, that's what it was. I thought it was yeah, a cement block. Yeah. Good. Thank you for reminding me. Cause yeah, I was like, what was it? so he goes down, he runs in fool, takes him into that escape, in the in the wall and then he just goes nuts he you know, wait a minute he opens the goddamn thing up and there's a piece of wood there it's like what the hell shoots that and then it's like i'm gonna kill you <laughs> gonna kill you fucking <laughs> screams in there i'm gonna find you he should have ran up in that wall in the first like like a long time ago he could obviously fit in certain areas so yeah and then he let the dog loose eventually. Then he let the dog loose. And then and that was a whole big 
scene, like May scene with uh, with Alice, with Fool, the dog, and uh, well, the dog didn't make it. But apparently, it brings out a, an interesting thing too. Later on in the movie, when Alice and Fool are running through the wall, we find out that there are big ass booby traps in and outside of the wall. Right? They didn't didn't Fool uh, activate a tripwire where some spikes came from the room outside into the wall and almost hit them. Yeah. So where the hell was all of that when the dog was chasing them? I mean, I, I get that Roach knows where they are. You know what I'm saying? So he wouldn't get caught by them. But it would have been nice to see, right? Yeah, I agree with you. And yet the dog made it out unscathed from, from those booby traps. Yeah, thanks, but, uh, thanks to that, that uh, slide, too. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, the funny thing was when he when he got the dog and he thought he just did justice and Fool was dead. I got him. 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 Hey. And, then, and, and listen, mommy's like, she's not moving. She's not even she's cracking a smile. <laughs> He's like, prove it. Gotcha. Prove it. Here goes the dog. He's like, oh shit, I fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then I think after that, that's isn't that when they, they caught fool in the room with Alice? Uh yeah. And then yep. we find out that's Roach and he was one that, that got away and he was in the walls and he was just causing mayhem and that's house. when he that he showed him his tongue. Yeah, he's like, speak no evil. And boom, out mommy daddy burst into the room. <laughs> Here we go. It was almost as if the mother was the mother to not only obviously Alice and everybody else, but to daddy. Yeah. She, she ran the show. Like, I mean, at that point, it's like he could have easily killed him, but yeah. he wanted to, like you said. Well, he got funny. Roach at that point. Yeah, he nailed Roach in the leg, man. No, no, he caught him in the, uh, it looked like he caught him in the liver. I know he shot him when he tried to escape. And then he throws Fool in the basement. This Now the girl's spring cleaning. She's getting, uh, she's busting her ass on the pool of blood. <laughs> <laughs> it is at this point that daddy's down in the basement with, with Fool. And he's cutting Leroy up. And he's eating Leroy. Oh, that's off. right. He's, yeah, oh, God. Yeah, what, what's up with that? Like that. It like something that a predator the way he had him. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Hung upside down, guts all out. And just the way, the, the way that the body was moving as he was cutting it. You know what I mean? Like comical, but also. Uneasy. That seed, that? Yeah, that seed of truth in it, that uncanny seed. You know, and then he's just chewing on it. And he throws a like I think this dude's spleen at the people under the stairs. You know, that was uh, yeah, that was disturbing. That was very disturbing to watch. But uh, as an adult now, yeah, I understand the benefits of eating one's enemies, so I accept that scene for what it is. What? What do you mean? <laughs> what, is what the hell's going on here? 
What's happening in New York? Is it getting that bad? <laughs> Roach saves Fool one last time before he dies um, yeah. from before the people under the stairs. Uh, he goes into the furnace and shows him where Alice is, points up there. So, you know, at oh, that point. He gives him a, a satchel of coins, too. Oh, that's right. That's right. He gives him the coins. He gives him the coins uh, and guides him in the right direction. Uh, ultimately, here's where daddy's like, oh, this is this bullshit. He burns. <laughs> Burns uh, Roach alive, burning hell, and then the burning hell scene. That's another thing we were shouting. Burning hell! Burning hell! Burning hell! Burning hell! Burn! It was just over the top how he was going about, and he was saying it. And then uh, he's now on a mission. And I think at this point, I know I'm missing some parts here, but I know Fool gets to Alice, and Alice and him, this is when he escapes. This is when Fool escapes. Yeah, I forgot what happens. Are, yeah. At the top. That they're in they're in like the attic, I believe, or do they go through the attic or he gets her in the room? I'm Not yet. He does he doesn't um he doesn't get her from the attic until his second time. Oh yeah, that's right. Second time around he gets her. But anyway, he ends up getting out. And I forgot exactly how that went down. I'm trying to remember now. I know he links up with Alice again. The father knows what's happening and then sees him and he runs out, he's out of the window and he tries to shoot fool. And Alice saves him. Yeah, he grabs the gun. Grabs the gun. And then he's uh, he's out. Fool escapes. He's livid because he's like, nobody's left here. Nobody's escaped here. And Fool got away. Uh, goes back home. Shows his grandfather those coins. And he says, yeah, this is legit. You know? Yeah. Um, so there's more the there. Rent until 2001. Yeah. And that was 91. That's 10 years worth of rent. Vader, we got to find those coins. We have to find those damn coins. We got to pay some rent here, man. <laughs> we got to pay some rent here, yeah. We got to pay some rent. We got to find us. But well, where's Trump? <laughs> oh, man. Let's go bust down his door real quick. I'm, I'm sure there's not some kosher things going on in his house. Uh, anyway, uh, we don't want to get sh- we don't want to get canceled or shut down uh, on here. So that was a joke, guys. Okay, please don't take it serious. Um, Nobody run up in no houses. Yeah, no, no houses. Don't do it, please. We're not condoning that uh, over Maybe here. Cannibalism, a little bit of cannibalism. Just a little bit. I mean, you know, if you get a little hungry, you got to do what you got to do. You got yeah, a little man. extra meat in the forearm. There it is. It's, there it is. <laughs> not kill nobody. It's a forearm. There's no, you know, major arteries, as far as I'm concerned, in the forearm muscle itself. It's just a misdemeanor at worst. Yeah, it's a basic, maybe class A, though, but it's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, f- fun fact. Um, Human flesh on markets is known as long pig. I don't know if you knew that, but if you ever hear somebody trying to sell you something called long pig, that's what that is. I, I just, I'm curious how you know this, man. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, so we're, we're at the point where there's a plan for Fool to go back. He calls the cops first. He calls the police and notifies them about things that are going on in the house. So cops show up and they're investigating and then mommy and daddy, they're putting on the act. Coffee and crumpets, baby. That's it. Would you like some more? And then the little things I notice, like when the cop turns around, he picks up the headband and pats the blood on the head, puts the hat back on. And then how mommy comes in there and justifies that extra room as they they, they lost their child. Yeah. Make you feel pity and sorry for them. And um, they finally leave. And, you know, while this is going on, you know, obviously Fool had snuck in. Now, you know, I didn't make that connection uh, when I first saw the movie. You know what I'm saying? But I, I was I was discussing it with Winter again. And there's something that's missing in cinema today. Horror, everything, horror, all these superhero movies. Something that's missing is 
the proper delivery of exposition. You know what I'm saying? Because you didn't have to ask how the hell fool got into that house. He knew that the cops weren't going to care because he's surrounded by cops and white people and people in power not giving a fuck about any of the, the, the proper things. So he knew that he needed a distraction to get back into that house. That's what he did. And it was explained in one line. Those cops left the door open. I don't know if any of the people on the stairs got out. It was open for so long. Boom. Yep. Exposition delivered without breaking the immersion of what's going on. And it's so annoying that it's not done so subtly, so tactfully in movies today. You're right. It's those little things. And then you knew Fool's here. They were ready. They were ready for Fool's. In that point that I gave him just now, uh, it got taken away because he stood there with that tape recorder on that bed a little longer than I would have liked. You know what I mean? Like, why? You see that it's a tape recorder. Immediately run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't think twice. Like, why, why, why are you shocked? Get the yeah. hell out of there. But, uh, you know, he obviously, he escapes again. And at this point, he's going up there, right, to, to help Alice out. In the attic. Yep, in the attic. Up. Yeah. Yep. And, and I think while she was in there and fools in, isn't he like in the chimney? Yes. I was, yeah, he's in the chimney and then he comes in and you think for one second and you knew some funky stuff was going on, man, with that with that father and, and how he was like, you know, feeling himself in that suit with, with his quote unquote daughter. Okay, that, yeah. that's, that's another sick part that I took from this movie. And Mulder's like, you know, what are you doing? And gets her gets him out of there. While that happens, obviously Alice is, you know, she's released. Fool saves her. Now he has to go back because he's again he's trying to get these coins. So they're sliding down the chimney and, and all this stuff. I remember that that whole scene uh, of like struggle. In yeah, the when he drops the brick on Daddy's head, yeah. then they slide down on Mommy because she picked up the shoddy and went up uh, was trying to get him in the chimney. And he shoves his hand up her friggin' face. <laughs> and this is where it's like, okay, it's gonna be Mommy versus Alice, and then Fool versus. Daddy, but before we even get to that, you know, the neighborhood. So I guess fool the backup plan that he had was his sister, his grandfather, and the community coming together. Okay, to to overthrow these people, these, you know, ruthless, rich people who don't give a shit for lack of a better term, for anybody but themselves. And for me, I took a lot away from that, man. When when I seen the community out there actually sticking together to you know, go against these people, these wealthy people. That's something that should be done, in my opinion, on a lot of different occasions in this world today. Well, and, let me tell you something, Jay. Yeah. As, as, as a big black dude in this world today, knowing the things that I know, uh, knowing the people I know, seeing, seeing things, you know, it, it's really easy to be filled with hate. And it's really easy to be filled with uh, with the wrong view. So one of the biggest weaknesses that uh, the black black people have is the lack of community. That is one of the biggest weaknesses out there because they know if we're able to come together, we'll be stronger than anything. You know, uh, so they keep us divided. You know. Like, for instance, again, as, as, as a big dude, if I'm walking down the block and I see another dude comparably to my size, we make eye contact, make sure the other one's not a threat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, 
They could nod. All right, you're good. Okay, sir. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, this because I'm I'm lighter than than most. You know, darker skinned people will not accept me as much. And I, you know, it's the division is such a powerful weapon that these class people use. And so many people, like I said, seven out of those 10 people on the street are so worried about themselves that they don't see uh, the things necessary to uh, overcome this. You know, so many people are stuck in the hate or stuck in the little petty things that here's another kernel of real life scariness. You know, this is really happening. These people are really keeping everybody separated so that nobody can come together and destroy them. You know what I'm saying? Just like seeing in the movie, you know, what did, what did she say? What community? All I see is a couple of... Just want to finish saying our piece, ma'am. Not only are you bad landlords, but ten times worse. You stolen the tooling from our community for your own sick needs. There's no community here. All I see are a couple of... Hey, Ruby! Right here. Is that right? Busted your ass, bitch. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Shoot us off? You know what I mean? Like, that that's really the mentality. Because it's its really the truth. We're, we would... Uh, we would fight each other on stupid things before we all came together the right way and it's a mixture of ignorance greed and generational hate that we were taught to have um for ourselves and that, that's a whole another can of worms that you know we're supposed to be talking about we're supposed to be talking about this this movie horror but that that's real life horror that i'm no, talking about. but i'm glad you brought it up man because you know it, it is and it's still unfortunately relevant today that line alone even that you just said right there it's like okay what is Wes trying to say here? These rich people, okay, they want to keep, like you just stated, they want to keep us divided because God knows if people do come together to try to, you know, quote, unquote, overthrow um, the rich or I don't want to say government here. I'm not trying to cause a purge or nothing like that. or, But like, you know, people doing something like that, they don't want that. They don't want that. They want to keep the tension between people uh, so the rich can continue to stay rich and the government can do whatever they want to do and get away with it. Because, you know, the more people that come together and join and unite unity in the community, okay, the less, you know, of a chance that the, the rich can stay where they're at. Where yep, on that level. They don't want to ever have to come off of their pedestal that they're on um, and their quote unquote class that, that they believe they fall in. You know, again, Regardless of how much money you have in your wallet, that doesn't make you better than anybody else. Um, and we're all humans, end of the day. And we all struggle together. And they, you know, when I say they, I mean, and this is the truth, the rich. That's how we take it. Like the people that think they're untouchable because they got money and they got power. Um, but I like this part of this movie that when the community did come together, says, listen, I don't care how much money you got. Okay. You know, that does that means nothing right now because we're united and we're going to stop what you guys have going on because it's illegal and it's unethical and 
damn sure it's unconstitutional. And it's like, uh, you know, and they knew and they had fools back. And that that's what I, I really enjoyed about it. And then, you know, obviously, finally, given that woman what she deserves, the people under the stairs who talk about unity and her quote unquote children. OK, yeah. you know, uh, they're like, yeah, well, <laughs> this is what we think about you, mom. To, uh, about that scene. Uh, this is another thing, you know, Winter definitely, she's she's definitely a good pair of goggles for me. She notices things. Um, that actress was in another Wes Craven movie, and uh, she did a similar thing, running at somebody crazy as hell with a knife, right? She was in Vampire in Brooklyn, and she was in the police precinct when Eddie Murphy tells her, because she was a religious zealot in that too, Ellie Murphy tells her to um, kill a cop to uh, cause a distraction. She so she I think she picks up a letter opener or a knife, and she you know, <laughs> you know only she can. I guess she's really good at that because out of the whole movie, that was the best acted part in my opinion. You know, just the you know because professionally I've seen people attack people with knives, and I've had to help people and interject things like that so i i know what that really looks like and apparently so the hell was she because she had it to a deep and i see you dearie and just the angle of it and how they shot it and how she came out and her facial expressions and yeah. everything was on it was it was just to a T, like you said, man, it was perfect. So I like that part. And then when she did that and everybody came together, all the kids, and they just. That's when they burst up the stairs and grabbed her arm yep. and saved the, uh, Alice. Yeah. your mother you're not my mother never were
she gets tossed, you know, down the steps, and here goes Daddy, and then that zoom, that infamous uh, camera trick that I forgot exactly what it's called, but how they're zooming in to the face like that, what, what they did with Daddy, he realizes, Mommy's dead, and now it's him in full. And here he is thinking like, hey, I know what you're doing. You're counting that money. Let me roll through your fingers. <laughs> Feels good, doesn't it? <laughs> I've done it a hundred times. <laughs> He's sitting there. Fool's like, listen, man, it's not about counting his money. It's about giving the money to the people that need it. Uh, really, and, and doing the right thing. I don't know what he had, those two electrical wires. It was a dynamite, the wires right? system from the alarm system. It was the wires from the alarm system on the door. He uh, wired it into the dynamite behind the safe. It's a showdown. What are you going to do? Are you going to make a move or are you going to give me what I want? Daddy tried to make a move and he blew his ass sky high, as he said. Not for nothing, man. He provoked yeah. that. He provoked them, man. Yeah, you know, daddy was coming down until he he called him boy. Yeah, that's true. Oh hell no, never. (laughs) Exactly, he did. Kiss your ass goodbye, boy. I know what you're doing. You're counting that money. You're letting it roll through your fingers. I've done it myself a thousand times, and I'll do it again. But you won't. die too man and you better believe it don't be crazy now no dynamite back there to blow you sky high not the best place to store it in my opinion but there it was just put the gun down put the gun down i don't want to kill you but i will because i don't like you much anyway I'm tired of fucking around. So either put the gun down now or kiss your ass goodbye, boy. money spewing out of the chimney spewing out of the windows out of the house it's raining it's raining bills man for the whole community and it's like you know that that right there that whole symbolism there's another uh, another type of symbolism there uh that we pointed out in conversation winter and i so money really really distracts people because they didn't see the whole ass crew of zombies come crawling out of that fucking house all right eyes all blacked up skin flaking up so because it's raining Benjamins, you don't see this motherfucker right here about to bite this lady on the corner. <laughs> Pale as shit, man. He's walking around. Yeah. Look, yeah, it's like, yeah, he's good, man. He just hasn't been out in the sun for a little while. <laughs> I'm just talking about vitamin D deficiency. Jesus. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that was some yeah, makeup. Whoever did the makeup uh, for the movie, too. Uh, shout out to them. 
Um, yeah. Well, except for Spencer dead in the basement. Mm. They, it looked like they they slapped him with some fucking chalk. You know what I mean? With 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 a fucking you know, and yeah. just like all right, play dead. Like that's that's what that looked like. He was white. You thought he was white before? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You should see that sucking ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, yeah. That was. You're right. To your point. <laughs> that right? was campy. That was bad. That was yeah, like you said. That was campy as hell, man. It's like rigor mortis said. Yeah, I mean, but uh, how long has he been dead for? It's like ten minutes. Yeah, exactly. Ten minutes. He's that white in ten minutes. Yeah, I don't really. Know. You know, they say you know you die of fear. You go, you go ghostly white and all that stuff. But again, it looked like he fucking raided a baby powder factory and <laughs> fucking went to sleep on the floor. So. <laughs> he had a powder fight. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> it. End of the movie uh, again. Feel good moment. Uh, everybody gets some money. Fool saved the day. Mommy, daddy are gone out of here. Uh, and they overthrew the higher power, if you will, um, that was taking over the neighborhood, destroying the neighborhoods because they wanted to put whatever they wanted to put there. There's a lot of points that were made in this movie and a lot of um, subs thrown, if you will, in here. It wasn't subtle, man. Like, I wouldn't say subs or shade because it was blatantly in your face. He's calling out these uh, these wrongful tropes. He's calling out these hurtful things, you know, and using the the guise of horror to make it palatable for people who didn't really think that that's what they would be looking at. Because I really, I really do believe that was what this movie was meant to do. You know, like, yeah, you're looking at, at crazy cannibals living under the stairs and, and all kinds of stuff like that. But that wasn't the horror. That wasn't, that wasn't the part, no. you know? No, the horror, like you said, it wasn't the people under the stairs. It was uh, what was going on in society then, what's going on now. And, you know, again, gentrification, class warfare, capitalism, uh, whatever you want to throw in in there. Um, Wes was, he was throwing everything at you in this film. The fact that we're still dealing with these issues nowadays, it's, it's honestly, it's sickening. But I think it's something that, unfortunately, we're going to continue to deal with, like, for as yeah. long as we're alive, you know, just especially the rich versus the poor. It People with money are going to continue to have money. And that's it, because they it's a system. It's like a higher. It, it's a system that's in place that that's preventing the working class and you know, the lower income families and people to stay where they're at and not progress. Man, this that 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 could be a whole nother podcast. To be honest with you, my my views and my insights on that. There's so many, you know, so many. Like even again, even seen in this movie, you know, instead of really finding a way to help this young man, what did Leroy do? He thought about how he could use uh, this young man to his own ends, and that was it. You know, it it didn't really go. I don't. He didn't give a hell about Ruby. That was his girlfriend or whatever. But as he mentioned in the thing, there was two or three other guys, one of them dead, one of them locked up, and the other one, you know, somewhere else. So he didn't really care about her or what she had going on, you know? There's so much division. And, yeah, like I said, that's that's a whole nother. But it comes down to money, man. It comes down to money yeah. because it's like everybody needs money, and money's like making dividing people up because I need it. And I know you need it, but if it's me and you, me or you, it's me. You know, and it's yeah. like that. It's like, but 
if if everybody come together on certain issues, there may be things that we can change and things that we can do. But unfortunately, it's never going to be like that. Uh, and that's my opinion. Uh, and this is the sad reality. I feel like, man, it's just never going to be like that because not everybody is going to be on the same page because of personal reasons, because of self, like because of greed, uh, because people think like, hey, well, you know what? I'm good. Yeah, I, I, that, I'm comfortable. We have a fundamental disconnect from the way things are supposed to be. You mentioned Trump earlier, yeah. right? Let, let's let's bring let, let's bring that. So, what is the president? The president is a the public servant. Okay, that person is giving their lives, their everyday life, to serve the better interests of their people. That's why you're supposed to respect the president. It's not because they're the president. It's because they're there and giving up of themselves on a higher level to serve you and your neighbor, your brother, and what's supposed to be right. But what did people do in Trump's case? They took him and made them their entire personality. Okay, They made following him everything about themselves. And then it became something that it definitely was not supposed to be. I mean, I don't know how. And then everybody thinks that it's that way with Biden, you know, the, the let's go Brandon and things like that. Oh, you're not triggered. <laughs> oh, fuck him too. <laughs> you know, it, it's us. It's us. It's people. You know what I mean? We need to dial everything back. Look at the the Constitution. Look at everything. And all of these rules that were made in archaic times where not even women had equality, white women, you know what I'm saying? Like there was, there was nobody higher than the white man, you know, um, and really examine the difference between justice, equality, and equity, because they are not the same thing mm -mm. at all. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, if you, if you really want to look at it on the baseline, there's more equality today than there's ever been in, in the world. Yeah, that's true. In any time. But it's not doing any any good because there are more things than the lack of equality that we're fighting. It's just a division between the rich and everybody else. It's just that that's really the biggest problem that we're having here. Uh, because these rules and because they have power and they can get away with things that, you know, the average person can't. The average, you know, person that's living comfortably, working would not be able to get away with what some of these wealthier people can get away with. I mean, we're talking some serious, serious stuff, man. You know, some pedophiles that, that can get away and buy their way out of that. And, and some people that, you know, just don't do justice for the community. And, uh, you know, just a lot of illegal activities uh, with these rich and You know, one of the most sickening parts about it too, is that the, the, the person living comfortably uh, working every day to do so becomes the bad guy yeah. because the people above them know how to make them the bad guy to the people below them. Yeah. It's that red herring type shit. You know what I mean? So where, you know, where we're all paying taxes, you know, you're worried about the person paying less taxes than you. Instead, you worried about why the hell are you paying taxes in the first place? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And, that, and that's I've questioned that. Like, why? Why are we all paying taxes? I mean, yeah, and, let me and, tell you something. and again, you talk, you, yeah. you own like if you, you own your house, right? 
why the hell are you paying land taxes for owning your house and you don't make money off of your land? I could get if a farmer has a big parcel of land and they're making money off of that land. Okay, cool. That's taxes. Gotcha. Okay. That's the income taxes. If I own my house and I'm a, I don't know, EMT, and you're still taking taxes out of my check as my income taxes. Okay, cool. Take that. That's money that I'm getting. Why the hell are you taking taxes off of my land too? I'm not landlord. Exactly. And it's just the government wants money. They want their hand in the pot. Uncle Sam got his hand out for everybody. Everybody needs to pay. That's just how it goes, unfortunately. And it's nothing that we can do about it because there's not enough people that would come together and fight this, whether it's petitions, whatever it is. I mean, if everybody in the world, aside from the rich, came together and was like, hey, listen, we're signing this piece of paper. I mean, maybe hopefully this will do something. Uh, we want to stop, you know, getting taxed for owning property because that makes no sense if this is my land you're i have to pay you for my land you're not what the hell are you uh, like i'm not selling like you said I, farmers is one thing because they got crops they're selling product that's the income yes the income exactly we're not we're living we're living on our land okay the problem is the problem is here we come with the other side of it those people that you just excluded yeah manip will manipulate puppet masters Yep, they will manipulate what we're talking about right now. You know what I mean? So very plainly, we say, we own the, this land, we own this house, we're just trying to live. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, we got these banks and we got these people. COVID was a fire sale for them, all right? You know what I do here in New York with these music venues yeah. and stuff. So watching so many venues and bars and everything around me just get snatched up by these big real estate corporations for pennies, man, for pennies. It was exactly what they wanted to happen. So therein lies the same argument between if you're a lawyer, would you rather be a defense lawyer or a prosecutor? Would you put an innocent man in jail or would you let a guilty man go free? What What's the lesser evil? It's the same thing here that we face when it comes to housing, when it comes to taxes, when it comes to things like that. The The gap between wealthy and poor is astronomically large you know and it's because of people it's exploits it's it's greed it's you know things like that you know like um a lot of people say privilege and and generational wealth is a uh, privilege and things like that i don't know about all that you know we we see we do see it in the movie we, you know, like when uh, fool goes into that crack house, there were there were white people fucked up in that house too. Yeah, you yeah. know, there were just as many white people as there were black people crumbed up. House <laughs> <looking all laughs> man, you know, sometimes I feel like the people in that power, with that power, they want to make it a race thing so it can keep people divided. And, and yeah, that's that's the easiest way to divide people, um, and and they know that. And you know, some people don't see the bigger picture. It's not an Indian, Spanish, white, black, um, you know, Chinese thing. It's, it's no, it's not about what race you are. It's about what you have in your bank. That's really what it is. And, and, and your credit score is fucking credit system. Like honestly should be abolished. The system is built to obviously not let a certain amount of people be as successful as others 
because I guess their belief is, well, you can't have everybody on the same level here. You know, there's only enough resources for us to have this. And, you know, we can't, it's like with no money, you know, how would we all survive? Because we would just eat up the resources. It's like, no, because if you really think about it, you could take, I think I read this, you could take the state of Texas. And if you use space for that entire state of Texas to grow crop and product right there, you can have enough for everybody in the world, everybody in the world, and then some, okay? So there are things that we could do, but it's just that, hey, the rich is like, nope, I'm not, no, my status, uh, I want that title. I want my status to be here. It's about being superior to others. It's an ego thing. It's, it's, a, it's a power move. It's a power thing. And it's just, you know, when you go back to times where, like archaic times, as you said, you, know, you think about earlier 1700s and stuff like that, and it was always the rich white man old, fat, rich, white man. That's all you've seen in pictures and social studies books and stuff like that, because that's all they were. They were the ones in power. And since then, it, like this system has to, somehow has to be broken, okay? Because apparently it, they, they still think, there's people in this world that still think that's how it should be, that, you know, no other race could be in power or, or not even women could be in power, or it's just, it has to be them, that's and, and and it's true and it's sad, but it is true, man. It's true, and I think we're trying to move towards a, you know, a different. We're moving in a different direction because people are starting to make other moves here. We're we're playing chess, okay. We're not playing checkers now. Now it's like okay, strategy here. Uh, let's see how, what what I could do now. It's like well, we have to play the game in order to make it where we need to make it to try to make a change, and that's what people. And then, and then elf, and then that's when they fall into the last trap. The last trap is what happened to the Black Lives Matter movement. So when it first came out, it was good. It was right. It was one thing. And then it got, it fell into the trap. They sold out. So what happens is they'll see this thing, this good thing rising. And they'll say, wait a minute now. The people are listening to that. How can we stop them from listening to that? Okay. Division, the old go-to. Okay, cool. Only Black Lives Matter. Uh, what about the rest of those lives? All lives matter. Perverted. Yep. Then the money comes in. Oh, well, you know, this person who backs them is a Marxist. They didn't know that shit when they got into it. Who, who was going to do that research? They were too busy fighting their fight. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah it's their fault. But then it goes, oh, wait, but people are still listening. You know what? We should make them one of us. Uh, then it'll be their best interest to stop that message. You're right. It's like, well, okay, so the last resort, the last resort, oh, you're in with the cool kids. There you go. Yeah, Welcome that, to the team. That's it. Welcome to the team. You know, you're part of the team. And then it's like uh, uh, Illuminati. <laughs> or just, yeah. You know, like <laughs> – it's 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 sick man but you know what? i know we got way off topic in a way from the movie in a way yeah. but i'm glad that we spoke about this because again this movie brought out a lot of points in society and and how it was and how it still is and it's just over this is over 30 years ago this was made this is 31 years this is 2022 this is 91 and the fact that we can still see pretty much all of the points that west was portraying on the screen and the messages he was sending still relevant today is sickening Yeah, to me. It's sickening, but you know, on a lighter note, you know, switch it up a little bit. If you haven't seen people under the stairs, 
you got it. You got to watch it. I mean, the people under the stairs, again, one of those underrated, under the radar films from Wes Craven and in general. Um, yeah. Go back 1991. I think um, you may be able to watch it on Tubi. I got to double check that. Uh, but if not, uh, try to get access to this film. It is a, it is a good film. It's a, it's a solid film overall, I, I believe. It's one of my um, you know, go-tos. You know, I have those movies that I could watch any day of the week. This is one of those. Um, I just, I take the comedy from it at least, you know, at the very least, man, to, and enjoy it. But, uh, you won't see me running around with a gimp suit, man. I'll tell you that much. It's- <laughs> uh, 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 never say never. I seen that silence of the lands video you got out there. Well, I mean, that's for my only fans. I mean, I might make an only fan <laughs> just with that video alone. And who knows, man, if I, this might be the second one with the gimp suit with, with a fake shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, dude, I mean, that wraps it up uh, for people on the stairs review. Was there anything else? Because I was trying to see if there was any other horror news to discuss this week um, as we drop this out. I know we have a couple other things coming out. I got to ask you this, though. You know, this generation nowadays, you know, 2020s, I feel like we're going back to like the 80s with horror, man. I feel like we're in this. It's on the rise again. Horror movies are are hotter than they ever been since the 80s. Uh, what do you what's your take on that? Um, I think from 2010 to now, we've seen a pretty substantial horror resurgence. And um, 80% of it has been absolute dumpster shit. Not even gonna hold you, man. Like, I, I don't know what the hell people... Like, Midsummer, that movie was stupid as shit. And it, it was like, it was a love letter to LSD. Okay? <laughs> that, like, that... That, that's all it was the decisions of the characters the pacing it was just it was terrible the payoff at the end was decent but it was cheapened by the pacing and the writing okay um hereditary come on i i mean that was a scary film for me at least that it kept me on the edge of my seat maybe it's because i'm used to burning in hell <laughs> it was nothing for me hereditary was not was not it for me man. um you know what i enjoyed the babadook i enjoyed the babadook i don't know if you've seen that it was on netflix the babadook uh oh the ritual which was another netflix that you gotta watch that i Let's gotta watch that one that. i gotta see that yeah that that one had me i got goosebumps talking about it it was really uh it was really good you know what I mean? Um, yes, jump scares have existed since the dawn of camera work, uh, but it's just it's just different now. And I, at the expense of sounding like a crotchety old man, you know, this generation of horror has been found lacking by me. Well, I mean, listen, hey, that, that's your opinion. I think for me, I can agree to some points with some of the newer films that are coming out that like, eh, it's questionable. Like yeah. uh, I could see it once. What do you think about people talking about the black phone being? I mean, it's original. What, what do you think about that movie? So, I didn't see all of it. You know, I, I only you know because of work stuff, things like that. I didn't get to see all of it. I was gonna. I was supposed to see it with a friend of mine, um, Justin, but he dragged his feet. Uh, he's a YouTuber, so he's always doing all of that stuff and we didn't get to see it but I, i'm gonna kidnap him we're gonna see it somewhere <laughs> somehow but anyway um ethan hawk has come a long way you know what i mean um i and i can see 
I can see that in his acting. I feel like, however, Black Phone, from what I saw, fell into the same problem that most films now fall into. Um, even Jordan Peele's Nope fell into this thing. It's this idea that's amazing. And then it kind of falls short of itself, you know? Through acting, through the delivery of the story, something like the biggest problem with Nope was the pacing. Yeah, the pacing, it was super like slow for me, man. Yeah. And, and it's, and then it picked up, but you had to, you had to just keep watching, keep watching. And, and that's, I got you with that 100%. Um, but Jordan Peele, I mean, he's, probably one of my my favorites nowadays uh creating oh, yeah. films because like i i really enjoyed get out and yeah. us kind of freaked me out <laughs> but yeah, it, 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 it's these concepts you know that yeah. psychological horror that leads into other horror that's what he specializes in and it's great um for me the the my favorite work that he's attached to is the new candy man you know what I mean? He he didn't he didn't he just produced it. He didn't write or direct it. You know, it was directed by a female. And I, I'm gonna tell you, I cried at the end of that movie because I could insert myself into the character. You know what I'm saying? When they were doing the credits and they were doing the puppet show and everything, that that hit me really hard because I saw, I, I I've almost been there many times in my life i've almost been killed by the police and and you know really gone through that and that's that's a real life everyday horror for me you know just driving to work you know what i'm saying it's it ain't cool and i identified with that and it was such a it was a good movie it was really good it had its issues too but I, I give you that man i was always a fan that's another one of the movies that we watched uh, the candy man uh, that the original man, Tony Todd. It, it's, there's nothing like it. I love that movie. Uh, but to your point, the newer one that they made, the re, you know the remake, I enjoyed it just as much. I think as the original because of the fact that it was fresh. It felt fresh. You had yeah. more backstory. You had a better understanding. I felt and like oh, yes, thank you uh, of the Candyman. The only thing I thought it was missing was more of his presence, more of the Candyman's presence. I would like to see. I would like to have seen him kill on screen that's so, what, yeah to that point they dropped a really 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 big lore ball when it comes to Candyman. all right first of all they i hear that you know tony todd lost weight so they didn't want to use his full body like that and da, da, da. okay do you not understand the essence of what Candyman is he is an urban legend he needs to be spoken about. He needs the stories to be told. They could have shot him in a dark, deep, graffitied up place somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Weak and emaciated looking. Talking about say my name. You know what I mean? That could have been an amazing sequence. And it would have fed right into the lore. Now people are starting to talk about me again. Now I'm going to go from this weak-looking frailness back to my slumber. But no, they did some cheap C CGI face swap thing. You know, what the hell? I agree with you on that. That's how it should have been because it should have been like that because, again, nobody was speaking his name for a while. And seeing him like that, oh, this is this is like a baby again. This is the candy man. is, is frail. He's weak. But now 
oh, wait a minute. They're starting to speak him. And now he's now his chest is out. He's pumping up. And then you could, if you want to throw in that CG or whatever you want to throw in, that's fine. You know, a body suit, whatever the hell. You could have did some practical shit with that, man. Like with some, you could have really beefed him up however you wanted to beef him up, man. I mean, it's, it's just 2022. You're telling me you can't do that? Come on. Uh, but I, I enjoyed it, though, man. And even, yeah, even just those couple seconds, tell everyone. Just that couple seconds, man. Tony yeah. Todd's line got, it got me, man. Because uh, I'm just uh, I'm a Tony, I'm a Tony Todd guy, man. He, I know he's a Broadway buff. He loves Broadway. He loves doing plays. And it tells. He's very, it, it shows. I mean, he's very theatrical. And just his whole demeanor, how he delivers, and his tone, his voice. That's what gets me. Whether it was in Final Destination or The Candyman or any other movie that Tony's done, Night of the Living Dead. It's just Valentine. <laughs> it's just, it's that he has that voice in his delivery. That's, you know, so it's not, it's not like Tony, in my opinion. So I had to see him as the Candyman at some point in that movie. Yeah. It was a couple seconds. You got the dollar store. Tony Todd got, yeah, I got the Dollar General uh, Tony. <laughs> I got Dick. Can I at least get the Walmart version? I mean, upgrade a little bit. <laughs> All right, our heads. That wraps up this episode of Horror Three Sixty Five. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Vader, want to give you the floor right now? Anything you want to plug? Plug your social media and where the horror fans can find you. Anything you got going on as you can well? Find me, find me uh, on Instagram at uh, Vader Break. You can also find my graphic design Instagram with uh, Night Owl King Designs. Um, yeah, just look me up and look what I'm doing. Oh, and also on the face of horror currently first in my group face of horror, baby. Listen, it's all over, but this guy, he might, he might just take it right here. I hope you do, man. Cause if you do, I mean, come I'm on, you, you, you got to help a brother out, man. You got to throw me some ice cream. At least I, I, I was in it for the ice cream. The chocolate. Oh, I got you. <laughs> All right, Who man. Listen, I'm taking to that house with me. The which one? <laughs> to the to Buffalo Bills. I'm taking you, man. We're, oh we're yeah, there. I'm I'm going to the room. I got to do the dance. I'm there. <laughs> oh man, it's for the OnlyFans. Anyway, uh, dude, thank you so much for joining joining in. Hopefully, like this connection, this is not just a one and done over here, man. I want I want you back on the show. So yeah. are you willing to come back on? I got. You. All right, de- definitely, dude. So listen, we're gonna talk. Thank you so much, Vader, for joining us. And Horrorheads, thank you for tuning in. And celebrating horror not only in October, but 365. We're going to see you next week. Gonna kill!